If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So the Ontario budget was uh, tabled last week, the first budget uh, under the new uh, Doug Ford government. And obviously there, there's a lot in any budget, but there's some interesting provisions with regard to gambling and gaming laws in Canada. And it kind of reflects where you know the technology, the marketplace has evolved well past where Canadian laws are at. So a couple of fronts here. There's the issue of online gambling and online gaming. But poker, for example, is a big one. There's a lot of that out there. And so, I mean, technically, online poker gaming is is not quite exactly legal in Canada. There are obviously a whole lot of Canadians who take advantage of a lot of different gaming sites. So does it make sense maybe for provinces, provincial regulators, to, to get into that realm and try to keep some of that revenue here in Canada and keep those, those gamers making use of, of sites and services that are Canadian-based? So that's something the Ontario government intends on pursuing. The other interesting aspect is that this is, again, federal jurisdiction. The question of whether it is legal and should be legal to be able to vo- uh, bet, wa- rather, wager on single event sports. For example, it would be illegal for somebody in Canada to wager on the Super Bowl or the Great Cup. Or who's going to win the Masters? Somebody in Nevada, by the way, put down 85 grand on Tiger to win the Masters, won over a million dollars. Now, a lot has happened on this front because in the U.S., the Supreme Court recently struck down the U.S. prohibition on single event sports betting. And various U.S. states are are moving to to regulate this. What has also changed is you've got now all the major professional sports leagues who once vehemently opposed this, who have now embraced it and, and are on board with it. So it seems like it's time for Canada to revisit it. It's encouraging to see Ontario calling for change. Be good to see other provinces, Alberta included, do the same. Joining us to talk a bit more about all of this, very pleased to welcome to the program Paul Burns. He is president and CEO of the Canadian Gaming Association. Paul, thanks for joining us here today. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. So help us understand a little bit more here uh, what it is the Ontario government is doing and what it is that they are calling for. Well... First off, they renewed uh, the Ontario government's support for a criminal code amendment to strike down the prohibition against single-event sports wagering. Uh, Minister, Finance Minister Fidelli wrote the federal government over a month ago, um, and they are committed in the budget to continue to advocate on uh, behalf of Ontarians and sports bettors everywhere that they want to see this change made at the federal level. And second, the initiative that was related was that they were going to create a uh, a framework to regulate online gaming in Ontario. Um, and that is for the really a, creating a licensing regime for offshore operators to come and be licensed, pay taxes, which they don't right now, 
and Canadians have have had for since well forever unfettered access to online gaming from offshore sites. Right, and none of those sites are regulated. They don't pay taxes in Canada or any at any provincial level. And the Ontario government wants to change that in Ontario. Right, and I think there's a lot of logic to that. I mean, are we too far behind, at least when it comes to online gaming, a lot of the popular poker websites, for example? What, what can we possibly offer in Canada that, that would, would keep that here? Or how do we entice those companies to have some kind of a presence here? Well, I think there's, uh, that's something that the Ontario government's not going to work through in consultation with the industry to explore a framework to do just that. Other jurisdictions around the world, Western European nations, a number of them have gone through these kinds of changes where they had a strong uh, government-oriented uh, offering gaming site, um, and but they could not compete with offshore because no one's regulating the internet. And this is one of the things that it's a tendency to Netflix, to uh, other industries that have been disrupted by technology. So these European nations have gone and they said, we've created a license system, we've created a tax regime that's attractive for the companies to come and sign up. And they do when they remit taxes in them. And they're regulated to the standards of those jurisdictions, and that's something in Canada. We do a wonderful job at offering gaming, and provincial governments have managed gaming industry and its growth over the last 30 years. They've done a good job. We have world-leading our responsible gaming programs. Mm -hmm. But none of the foreign operators are required to adhere to any of those standards or those regulations. And that's, I think that's for consumers. It's a good thing for this. It's not only, it's, it's better consumer protection in addition to any revenue that may come to government. What, what is the, the legal status of online gaming, like online poker, for example? Do, do we need the, the law to change? <laughs> it's, it's gray yeah. is the best way to describe it, um, because uh, the con Criminal Code of Canada talks about gaming being conducted and managed by the provincial government of their agents and the gaming within their borders. Well, is when you're playing on an online site, is the bet occurring in your living room where you're sitting at your computer or on your laptop or your mobile device? Or is it in the server where it may be located in the UK, the Isle of Man, Gibraltar, or another place in the world? And that's something that law enforcement has never wanted to go and test. The legal community has never been very interested in seeing that decision taken by the court. So there's been no action. And this has been the frustrating part. And I think we're governments are saying, well, why can't we bring... Um, create a regime where the world can come and be licensed, adhere to our standards, give the residents, in Ontario's case, access to attractive, exciting gaming opportunities, but at the same time they're adhering to our, our regulatory standards and remitting taxes and then paying some contribution to the Canadian economy. Yeah. Um, sports betting is probably the most popular activity done online and that's the other reason why and i think these two are, are rather linked to I mean the fight for the change for sports betting has been well um eight ten years now and many attempts and uh, frankly the federal government needs to just get out of the way well that's the thing right i mean it's it should be up to the provinces to regulate if some provinces don't want to offer this i, I suppose that can be their prerogative but i mean if you've got provinces that want to especially on ontario where you know they're competing with casinos i mean in windsor for example literally right across the river uh that they're going to lose out as a result so as you say what why is ottawa standing in the way well there's, there's been no good reason frankly <laughs> 
um, the House of Commons and in the under the Harper government, majority last majority government, they passed the uh, the amendment on a voice vote on unanimous consent, and then the Senate of Canada refused to vote on it for three and a half years. Um, I think that the elected officials pretty much understood what the public sentiment was and captured it nicely in, in passing it with unanimous consent. Unfortunately, the Senate didn't see that way. We tried again in the current Parliament, but the, the, it was voted down by the Liberal majority uh, at first reading because they had other priorities, and that was probably cannabis at that time. And actually, the arguments are pretty much similar when it comes to between sports wagering and cannabis. It's an activity joined by millions of Canadians who spend billions of dollars every year to enjoy it illegally. And we'd like to recapture some of that revenue and see the economic benefits for the Canada. Well, and yeah, and I, I mean, I, you know, my piece in the Calgary Herald today, I compared it to, we used to have a, a criminal code prohibition on mixed martial arts. Uh, so despite the fact that UFC had become this, this huge sport, Canadians are watching these pay-per-view events. Cities want to host these events. You got Canadians competing in the sport. And yet the federal law said, no, it's illegal. It made no sense. No, and, and it's still, there's no good reason. And the provincial governments, um, have been stewards of our gaming industry for decades. And frankly, they know best. And so the fact that they have to ask and ask repeatedly and advocate and cajole and, and sometimes just beg the federal government to take action is just wrong. And the, the, federal, the provincial governments know, and you're right, they can choose to offer this product or not, mm-hmm. but it should be up to them. It should. And, you know, as I alluded to at the outset, I mean, you know, Previously, the excuses were, well, you know, this, this is illegal in the U.S., maybe it should be illegal here, too. Or, boy, the NHL is really against this, and other pro sports are really against this, so we, we shouldn't rock the boat. But both of those excuses are now, they're gone, aren't they? There are, and there's actually, um, the last major stakeholder group that was opposing this was the professional sports leagues in North America. And they have completely reversed that. And they have... And they have voiced that, their support to, for this in the, to the federal parliament, to, to the government, and said, we're, we're interested in the change, we want to see it. And that's the CFL's included in that, NHL, basketball, baseball, uh, the new Canadian Premier League. All of those organizations have all voiced their support for this because they recognize that it is about fan engagement. It is about an exciting new way to enjoy sport. And for those leagues, it's really a, a, the last major new revenue stream for them um, to share. And as they said, because the data that they provide for sports betting operations is, is key in, to making it all a success. And that's a commodity now that they have to monetize. Yeah. Um, there, there is the concern that's been expressed about, you know, the integrity of, of these games in these leagues. Now, if the leagues themselves don't have that concern, I'm, I'm not sure why we should, but, you know, can we address that? We can, and, and this is one of the things that we've always said, is that, that nobody's been watching. If there's, if there's no legal frameworks to regulate gaming, then there's been nobody watching. And what regulated sports betting marketplaces bring are a lot of eyeballs and a lot of watching to make sure that the games are fair. And I think that that's something that we share the same interests as athletes, as a gaming industry. We want fair games. We don't want match manipulation because um, not only for athletes and competition is wrong, but also 
sports books lose out. They lose money on these things and when people try to cheat. So no one wants the cheating to happen. Everybody is very diligent. And there's mechanisms all over the world and jurisdictions and FIFA and IOC. There's monitoring. Most of the international sports bodies around the world have some form of, of monitoring and oversight. They have relationships with sports book operators, but they also have reg- relationships with regulators. So there's a, there is a network of folks that are keeping an eye on sport to make sure it's fair. Well, it seems like a pretty sensible change, especially, uh, you know, the way the rest of the world's going, this, the way the United States is going. Uh, but ultimately, it is still Ottawa's calling. The last time this came up was 2016 and was voted down. Are, are you optimistic, maybe, that if, if there's enough pressure from provinces, we'll see a rethink? We're hoping, and actually we are, we're hoping that the, the major political parties will put that commitment, because they've all supported it, in their platforms for the upcoming election campaign and let us know where they stand. Because... You know, it's a the gaming industry in Canada is is large and diverse. It directly employs well over a hundred thousand people. It produces good revenue for provincial governments across the country. It's a huge contributor to communities. You know, we buy seventeen billion dollars a year worth of goods and services. There's a huge economic benefit from the gaming industry. And this is a simple ask to offer a product that in fact, Canadians have been betting on sports for decades, mm-hmm. but only through the three-game parlay. So this isn't—it's like asking to sell twelve packs when we've been able to sell sixes for less. Yeah, it is strange. Hopefully, some common sense will prevail. In the meantime, more at CanadianGaming.ca. Paul, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. Happy to be a part. All right, Thank take you. care. Uh, Paul Burns, President and CEO of the Canadian Gaming Association, CanadianGaming.ca. So they've long been pushing for this change, which, interestingly, in Ontario. It, you know, it's an issue that crosses partisan lines. You've got Doug Ford, the Premier of Ontario, and his government pushing for this change. Ford's finance minister, Vic Fideli, sent a, a letter to his federal counterpart last month asking for this change. Initially, though, in 2012, when this was proposed in the House of Commons, it was an NDP private members bill. And what's also interesting is Unifor, which is a hugely political union. Certainly, there are no fans of Doug Ford, or for that matter, conservatives here in Alberta. But Unifor represents the workers in the Windsor Casino. So Unifor has long been pushing for this change. So you've got the Ontario PCs, the federal NDP, Unifor, all on the same side of this issue. And so now you've got U.S. states that are moving to legalize this since the Supreme Court ruling in that country. You've got all the major sports leagues that are on board with this. The NHL has just entered into a partnership uh, with one of the major casino companies. Because they see the value of that fan engagement and the ability as well now to collect a whole lot more data. Because now there's more of a vested interest, certainly uh, for, for the bookmakers, in how they assess these games. To be able to pull in as much data as possible and to have that available, I mean, that rep- represents a real advancement in sport as well. So we're just falling further and further behind, and for no good reason anymore. What is the what is the basis for this continued prohibition? The Criminal Code of Canada makes it illegal to wager on a single sporting event. As Paul Burns pointed out, we've had pro line and sports select in Canada for years. You're still betting on sports, but you have to bet on three games. You have to get them all right. You can only bet between two dollars and one hundred dollars. So dropping eighty five grand on a bet that Tiger Woods is going to win the Masters, it's against the law. Seems like a victimless crime, doesn't it? Who, who's the victim then if that's, if that's a criminal activity? 
Turned out that that was a good bet. Might have been a dumb bet. But it's your money, isn't it? So it does seem odd that we allow gambling. We allow parlay betting. But single event sports betting still violates the criminal code. To me, it it has a lot of parallels to our old criminal code prohibition on, on mixed martial arts. The UFC has become a huge global sensation. You have Canadians who are competing in this sport. Millions of Canadians who follow this sport order these pay-per-views. We allow boxing in Canada. We allow other sports like that. But for some reason, and no one was quite sure why, we had a, a legal prohibition on the sport. We lifted that, and what changed? Well, all that changed was that Canadian cities were allowed to host these events. But the sky didn't fall. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.